Welcome back to Ginger Squared. We have big news, okay? We've been talking about it um, in every single podcast, pretty much. Um, but we're having Andrew Pilot on the podcast next week. Yeah, and it's about goddamn time. I'm sick of him, like, only listening when we talk about him and acting like he's, like, too good for it. Why are you listening then, Andrew? Because I know you are. I'm I'm excited. I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm just ready to get the answers, you know, whatever that means. I'm ready to, you know, delve into the psyche of, of Andrew and uh, figure out what's going up, up, going on up there. I might, yeah, I might shell out the money and have a licensed therapist on the call just so we can <laughs> really get a good, good analysis. And I mean... Some people might be, hey, you're being kind of kind of rude. Absolutely not. I'm paying for the services on his behalf, so I I don't see a problem with that. Um, Andrew Andrew would like that. Andrew needs that. But yeah, I'm I'm gonna have to think of some hard hitting questions. I think we need we're gonna have to dive deep back into uh, his childhood, the start of his running career. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Sort of go oh, over yeah. the sort of the the accomplishments the accolades and then also the trauma he's built on along the way so i think it's gonna be it's gonna be good (laughs) i have a i have a building list every time i remember a moment that i've shared with andrew i write it down now so i can bring it up on the the episode next week excellent and wow is it a is it a vast list of just really amazing times that's gonna be great well stay tuned for that yeah yeah you know, we had a big holiday yesterday. We did. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why people assume it's related to me. It absolutely is not. <laughs> um, but that's not the first time I've gotten that. They're like, oh, like, uh, they like, look at me, look at my hair, look back at me, they're like, happy St. Patrick's Day. I'm like, what are you? Yeah. I'm like, are you like in general? Or is, it seems like a very targeted greeting. It's like, because of my red hair. It's like, you know, that's genetic, right? Yeah, yeah, I I do think it's been, you know, a little looped in. You know, if you're ginger, you know, you're likely Irish. I think that's how people think of it. So, you you know, you can't go wrong. But I I do think that, like, yesterday on TikTok, I was seeing, like, it's it's the ginger's day. And, and, you know, it's not. Absolutely (laughs) not. It's really not. Um, Yeah, it's... It's St. Patrick's Day. I don't understand St. Patrick's Day. Maybe I'm just like culturally or historically ignorant, but I wrote it down to talk about today on my notepad. It's, (laughs) it is St. Patrick's Day new. That's what I wrote down (laughs) because I was thinking back to my childhood, similar to the stink bug situation where I do not remember St. Patrick's Day being anything notable at all i remember it being like arbor day where it's just like oh today's st patrick's day moving on to tomorrow i remember i didn't celebrate it i mean like i drive around granted i'm with like a bunch of 21 year old kids who like want a reason to drink but you would think it's like independence day here there are people it's big all over the people next door in my apartment there was like 30 people there i walked outside um, my girlfriend heard someone be like, come inside so we can do lines. I was like, wow, really celebrating for St. Patrick's Day today. Um, 
but yeah, <laughs> I don't really remember funny. it being such like a cultural phenomenon at all growing up. And maybe that's just because I wasn't around adults. It seems like an excuse to drink, though. But can't you do that any day? Yeah, you know, no, yeah, that's true. It, it definitely has like it's a crazy like celebration. Like I feel like like we live next to an Airbnb. And, like, the people yesterday, like, dressed completely in green, like, shamrocks everywhere, like, you know, like, headbands with, like, little bobbles on them, you know, walking out to the, go to the honky-tonks now, on St. Patrick's hold Day. hold on just a second, if I may inquire, <laughs> as to who okay. is staying at that Airbnb and why? Because where we're from, what, do you mean? What, what reason could you possibly have to rent an Airbnb where we're from? Who's who's coming? No. You know where I am. Oh. Trey. <laughs> Trey, totally are you serious? Forgot. Did you just forget that I was in Nashville? Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. There's got to be a lot of Airbnbs <laughs> there. Also, side note, I don't know if I talked about this. One of my classes, we're building an algorithm, and the data set we're using to train the algorithm is Airbnb data from New York from, like, quarter one mm. and two of 2019. And it's like, it's a list of the properties of of Airbnb yeah. only in New York, only of 2018, just those listings. And it's got like 4 million records or something like that. Yeah. I'm so surprised. Like in the neighborhood I live in, I, I would not expect, I mean, I guess it's in a really good place, like 15 minutes from like downtown. That is good. But like, just the amount, like it's like the moment guests leave, there's like a small cleanup period, and then there's the next guests like coming. Airbnbs in right away. are tough. I don't want to turn this into a business podcast, but I mean, we talked about like <laughs> communism and stuff another episode. But Airbnbs are tough <laughs> because, assuming that you have like steady bookings all month long, you can make a lot more money than just renting out a house or apartment. But then if you don't, it's like it just sits there. But yeah, that's yeah. crazy to me. And when I looked at that data set from New York, I was like, this is insane. Like, 4 million listings? How many people are even in New York? I don't know. Yeah. That was wild to me. <laughs> a lot. It's like, holy shit. I think there's like, I don't know, I think like 9 million. But then like in the greater surrounding area, there's like a Yeah, lot that's more. the other thing. I don't know what like New York is considered in that data set. Like, I'm assuming it was yeah, the like city, city. but. The five I don't know how big those probably boundaries are because when we looked up the other day I looked up the population of Indianapolis and I was like there's no way it's that big and then I looked it up but it includes like all the suburbs and stuff so it's like I don't know yeah well yeah like there's like Manhattan and then there's like really like suburban areas but that's the thing like like you think like oh like this is this is the whole like when you go to New York City you're like wow I can go everywhere like everything's so close together and while like yes it might be like three miles away from one another you have to go on so many different trains to get there and it takes like sure. 40 minutes yeah anyway can we go back to St. Patrick's because Abs- I still have stuff absolutely. to say absolutely what do you have to say actually do I have something to oh, say oh my god I was just gonna say no I was just gonna say that I think it was a huge thing growing up. I was just going to contrast your statement because it was a huge thing growing up. Probably because I am Irish. So, like, we always have corned beef and cabbage and carrots um, oh, God. For, for dinner. I don't like any of um, those things. <laughs> yeah, I got to say, 
it wasn't my favorite meal, but I've grown to appreciate it more. And I remember, so like St. Patrick's Day is, it's it's like tied to Christianity and like when, like Christianity was brought to Ireland. Makes sense because it's, it's so a like saint. big thing in the Catholic Church, you know. Um, so we're bringing it back to Catholic Church because I think we do that about every every episode. Um, yeah. But we used to have these like huge celebrations and like raffles and like. Uh, Irish dancers and I remember like <laughs> seeing the Irish dancers like they would they would come and perform for us and I just remember wanting to be one so bad like th- I thought they were so cool Irish dancers Yeah, you know. You know with the like the you know the curly the big curly hair. I thought they were so cool and they wore like the traditional dress and they did like it's like a is it called river dancing or they do like I think a so. That kind of like tap dancing. We had but, this you know, discussion because bouncy. my mom's boyfriend is Irish and Catholic <laughs> and he mm. loves I gotta say, that dancing. Whatever I there's a like a Geico commercial or something that has it. <laughs> and we were all oh my we were God. all sitting in my living room and his name's John. He was just staring at the TV. And my mom turns to me and my girlfriend and my mom's like, He loves this commercial. And I was like, oh, my God. He was just <laughs> staring and watching them. I have never resonated and so much. the commercial ended, John. and he was like, that's awesome. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't realize, you know, like, you don't, you experience things, but you don't really realize that they're tied to, you know, maybe, like, a greater identity. And, wow, I feel... John is uh, yeah, literally... I feel seen and heard. I don't even know how to explain john and i don't know how he's not already a tentpole topic that we talk about because he has (laughs) added so much funny content to my life and i don't think it's intentional but it's like yeah don't get me wrong i like (laughs) my dad he's also funny but john is just like everyone's like oh john's hilarious i just like relate to that he's like he talks about like catholicism and how it's all about guilt and he's like, oh, Trey always dates Catholic girls. And I was like, I do not. He's like, yeah, probably because they put out. And I'm like, whoa, wait a minute, John. And then he's watching the <laughs> clogging on TV. And he's talking about politics so with good. me. It's like, John has added the entertainment to my life that I didn't know I needed. He texts me on Christmas. He's like, who's in for my beanless chili? And I was like, beanless chili? The fuck's <laughs> in it then? Just, yeah, literally. Just beef and and. <laughs> I was going to say beans. No, no. We just went over that. <laughs> Beef and tomatoes. That sounds gross. It was not bad, mm, but. I'm sure. Oh, wait. I keep getting this wrong and people yell at me. It might have been meatless chili. <laughs> it was probably meatless chili. But that doesn't make sense to me because the part I think most people don't like about chili is the beans. Doesn't matter. Anyway. <laughs> I'm going. Uh, what? <laughs> I'm going. I want to unpack. That. I'm going home this weekend. I'm sure I'll have more uh, John content. You're going home. I am. Yeah, I like need things. I'm so sorry, but it's no. Need things. Need some papers. Need some camping gear because I want to camp, but I don't keep that in my apartment. And uh, yeah, I'm moving soon, so I'm basically gonna take. A lot of stuff from home and bring it here because this is closer to where i'm going than home is so i'm gonna yeah. leave stuff like here Makes and sense. use my apartment as a like storage unit are you gonna go any special any anywhere special in our hometown probably not 
because those places don't exist. <laughs> I do like going to Woodman's, though. Mm. Oh, yeah. That's a little far out. I've, I haven't I haven't been. Far out? Dude, it's like 10 minutes away. It's in a different You haven't town. been? You've no, never been to a Woodman's at all? I maybe once when It I was is younger. like a Costco-sized place. But with mm-hmm. like normal grocery store vibes, they just have like instead of like like Costco specializes in quantity, wholesale quantities, mm-hmm. Woodman specializes in variety. Like mm. they their cheese aisle is the equivalent. Do they have like good international foods? I don't know. But like think of any like thing you could get at the grocery store. My example is cheese. They have the equivalent of like six normal grocery store aisles of cheese and it's all cheese and they have that for every like yogurt they have every they have kinds of yogurt i've never seen before and as a business person i'm like how do you offer that many varieties and not have like waste because people don't buy it what were you gonna say yeah i was actually i was thinking about that the other day but like i think the way to rate a grocery store is based on the international section the international aisle if there's more than one international aisle that's amazing and then the vegan food sections now i'm a little confused what qualifies to be in the international aisle because does that mean like america's just too introspective because what if it's like a tortilla that doesn't go in the international aisle, does it? Yeah, yeah, it does. Mm, I don't well, know. Like, okay, so like usually at grocery stores, there's like, like tortillas like could be found by the bread, you know. Yep. No. That aisle, but then there's also tortillas that are like from authentic brands. Okay. Um, that are in the international aisle. Yeah, here. It's like any other country, you know. So. I don't know where you shop in Nashville, but here all we have is Kroger, because that's like mm. the biggest. No, I that shop is at the Kroger. biggest chain in the country, um, which we don't have them at home, but they're pretty much everywhere else. Here we have like Kroger, a couple Aldi's, and then like if you're rich, Fresh Time, but that's about it. Um, oh, Kroger, gosh. we have like nine Krogers. They dominate the entire grocery market here, and they have like they have mastered like their targeted demographics too, like in like the lower income part of towns they offer cheaper mm. things and here they are like the area i live in they offer more expensive things and it's like the same chain so i don't even know how they do that but i feel like the tortillas are not in an international aisle at all i feel like they're with like See, sauce i actually know this they are this it's exactly laid out just how i said they're in the international aisle then they're also by the bread and this is specifically in kroger that i've studied this mm. yeah not mine because the bread is by the pizza, the pizza and the dairy. <laughs> what the fuck are we talking about? I don't about? even know how we got to this. <laughs> I think you just shop at Bougie Kroger and that's... Because it's true. Mm. The, the nicest yeah. Kroger in this area where like all the rich people go, they have like pots and pans and stuff. And I'm like, this is absurd. Because wow. the Kroger I go to, it's, there's no shit. It's straight to the point, just food. We have we have pots and pans. Yeah, it, it totally depends on like the interesting the area. Um, what are we supposed to talk about? Oh wait wait wait. Oh, our professor. Before reviews. we do that, this is also relevant to time, so I can't talk about this in the future. Mm-hmm. We talked about this on one of the the first few conversations we had. Um, March Madness is here. 
the NCAA tournament is here. Mm. Indiana is not in it. Um, upsetting for a historically good basketball school. Yeah, my school's not in it either. That's not that the same. Um, our, <laughs> and even worse, can be in it. even worse. No, we can. If you're D1, you can be in it. The yeah. The entire NCAA tournament is hosted in the state of Indiana this year. There are games going on tonight. <laughs> I can see it from my window. I can see the stadium. I'm looking at it right now. And there are really people sad. going in and warming up. And we will not be competing. Mm. Which And my school, like the social media, they keep posting. They're like, this is the home of hoops. And it's just like a slap in the face. Yeah. It's, <laughs> That's it's awful. Our, our coach got fired, um, which is crazy. Because he had a year left on his contract, and his buyout to not do that year was $10 million. And I was like, that's ridiculous. Mm. I can't believe we paid that. Wrong. The athletic director made a press release, and he said, in order to like not affect university budgets, f- private philanthropic donations were sought out to cover the expense. Two donors covered the $10 million buyout. So you're telling me... <laughs> And this is assuming they both paid equally. You're telling me two people had $5 million that they were like, yeah, okay. Not an investment. They'll never see any return. Gone. Instantly gone. Just to fire this guy. Just because they don't want to see him for another baby. year. And my dad was I like, my dad was like, oh that. yeah, of course that happened. They, he probably just took them all out for a steak dinner and said, look, this is what has to happen. I'm like, see, that is the exact thing I would expect a mafia man like you to say. Because I'm sure that's how it works in the union circles, too. It's just... Yeah, I I, uh, I feel like that's how things operate in the, in the sports world. Because, like, I feel like it's just dominated by... Or it's, like, all owned by, like, really ridiculous rich people. So, like... It pretty much is. Because I was, I was, like, talking to my dad. I was like, no way they're going to buy him out. That's like $10 million that you have to pay just to have him not be here. And then you have to pay another new coach probably more money to be here to actually do the job. And my dad's like, no, nah, no, nah, they've lost four years in a row. The boosters won't stand for it. I was like, stand for it? This is millions of dollars. They don't care, apparently. It's probably Mark Cuban. I don't know. Yeah. But. True. That's I am. Um, I'm staying in the billionaire's house again. I mean, I'm not there currently right now, but I'll be staying there the next few days. And wow, every time I just remember that billionaires exist. Is it actually a billionaire? Because that's a pretty high bracket. No, yeah. That's like the type of person that could buy out my head coach's contract and not worry about it. (laughs) He actually might have. He might have. I'm not even joking. When I think about billionaires it's like i don't think people Mm -hmm. really conceptualize it they're like oh billion that's a lot of money no no so take a million dollars like (laughs) like the amount of money that most of us won't have and if we do we'll be like retirement age right right Mm -hmm. and then multiply that by 10 which is already 10 times more than i will ever make and then multiply that by 10 again by 10 Oh, yes. So now we're at 100 times more than I will ever make in my entire life. And then multiply that mm-hmm. by 10 more. So what I will never make, mm-hmm. that times a 1,000 is a billion dollars. I will never even make one or two of that chunk. And there's a 1,000 yeah. of them. That's absurd. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how yeah, that happens. I know. And, like, we're talking, we're talking multi-billionaire. 
Um, or according to his Wikipedia page. Uh, but yeah, I'm really trying to meet him. Um, because, you know, he could throw me a bone, you know, throw me a little bone. Oh, just casually <laughs> mention some, like, uh, philanthropic projects you want to work on. Honestly, literally. Yeah, I need how some, do I, need how some... do I bring up my student loans in my, oh, well, in you, a, no, 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 no. You don't bring those up directly. This is how you okay. do it. You establish a foundation. You're the chairperson of the okay. foundation, right? This is how a lot of okay. non, yeah. this is how a lot of nonprofits operate. And then they they give themselves a salary because they're like, oh, I'm working for the foundation. The salary can be whatever they want. So the salary could be like a million dollars. And then they're still, st- they're still technically non-for-profit. Then you get an either an endowment mm-hmm. or just like a donation from a, a billionaire. Then you pay yourself that salary of X amount. Then you pay off the student loans. But also how most endowments work is they put the money into like bonds and hedge funds. So like here, how like Indiana works, Indiana University, Mm -hmm. for an example, someone endows like a million dollars rather than spend the million dollars. A lot of times what the foundation will do is they'll take that million dollars, put it in a hedge fund. And then in a few years, it'll be like $6 million. That's a bit generous, but you get the point. It's more money than it was before. Mm -hmm. And then they keep, they keep, the original money in that account to keep compounding and then they just take out the returns every year if they want and then you just get unlimited money so basically you need to make a nice slide deck and come up with some philanthropic endeavor water for africa whatever you want to be and you get big donations okay anyway i think you've given me my third career path is what I was saying. So I think we should make this a, a weekly occurring segment where we try to plan out a career path for me. Okay. Follow-up question. Can I prepare a slide deck? <laughs> yes, of course. With, with each career path to present. Please do. I mean, I I'll think have, that would... I'm a visual person, so yeah. yeah. I'll use my skills from predictive analytics to plot some graphs. It'd be like Delaney now versus Delaney when she adopts this career. <laughs> I and need then, that. Yeah, that'll be good. All right, I think I'll, this is I'll a, work on that. a good segue into our, our talk about professors because I found some really sad reviews about my uh, current advisor. Wait, advisor? Yeah, like my major how advisor. Your, how does it, how do they have reviews? Because they're a professor. Oh, well, I don't... You said they were an advisor. I didn't know that was the same yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah, like our major advisors are also professors or like okay. part of the department. So what and do you mean by sad? No, I just had my first meeting with him. And then I just found his... Like we, I was looking... We have um our own site for reviews. So like aside from like rate my professor. And this is okay. the first view, review for him. A god-awful professor and an even worse person. I reserve hatred for a select few detestable individuals, and he is one of them. He goes out of his way to make students feel bad for no reason at all. I've caught him in several lies before as well. He will blame you for his shortcomings. Um, if he's assigned to you to be your advisor, 
Find a way out immediately or you'll be forced <laughs> to meet with him regularly. There is no silver lining. <laughs> That's no good. That's not good at all. Yeah, like, I said I, mine were bad. I don't know if they're that bad. I feel like, and there's more. There's so more. So much more. Um, literally, I I don't know. I didn't get that vibe. Like, I got the vibe that he was, like, not cold, but, like, I tried, you know, I tried to crack some jokes and he wasn't super receptive. But other than that, he was, like, pretty nice. Um, so maybe he's changed. I don't Those reviews, when I read reviews on, like, Rate My Professor or whatever, I always take them with a grain of salt because I you figure gotta. it's either people that really liked them or people that really didn't. It's true. And I, I like that you can, like, put your grade on there because the people who, like, grades mm. us prefer not to say, I'm like, yeah, so you're just angry because, like, you got a, a poor grade. Interesting. What I do is when I don't like a professor, I try even harder so then I can get an A plus and then just shit on them in the course evaluation. Mm. And be like, listen, obviously not my fault, but this guy, <laughs> his cheeks, he is absolute yeah. cheeks at teaching. Have you, so like, have you had like, okay, so like we've all had bad professors who like, you know, just haven't taught well sure. or in a style that is like great for our own learning. But like, have you had like a crazy professor? What? What do you mean by crazy? Like, cr- like, had some crazy moments. Um, I don't think so. Really? Okay. I mean, I don't, like, I don't want to come off as condescending, but, like, the professors where I go to school are, like, they're all typically, like, retired professionals, very, like, renowned in their field. Not, like, PH- like, none of, I don't think any of them have PhDs. Mm, and like they're just Don't doing you this have as to like have a PDH, PhD. Ah, uh, definitely not. Most of them are just like what? doing this as like a retirement gig, or they do really? this and consult. <clears throat> this is just like a part-time thing. Interesting. Um, so I wouldn't what? call any of them sure? crazy. You do not have to have a PhD. I'm I'm positive. You have to. Have, don't you have, a, have to have a PhD to be a professor? Absolutely not. No, I think that's a great way to get your foot in the door. But I, I can only think right. of like a couple of my professors that had a PhD. Interesting. Okay. And that may just be because of like the the type of of content I learned. Like if you're mm-hmm. teaching like biology or something, it's absolutely possible that you would need a PhD. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, but I get I wouldn't that. call any of them crazy. Certainly some kooky ones. One of like I, a lot of them like to talk about like their wife or ex-wife mm. and they're just yeah. like especially ex-wife that's a good like i've had several professors <laughs> that are like yeah that i had to drive so up to indy last weekend because no you know my ex-wife won't drive the kids down here no and this one of them i'm thinking of was a sociology professor he wasn't even business oh okay my bad <laughs> i don't want to like hollow him out but he taught a class it was authoritarian law in china and he would talk about his ex-wife all the time. But yeah, what like what are you thinking of when you do you have crazy experiences? No, I mean I have one. I was trying to think about that. Like I feel like a lot of my professors have like cuz like I do do a lot of research into like what classes I take like to make sure the professor has good reviews. But like Absolutely. I have one that I couldn't find any reviews on, which was probably the first sign that I should turn turn back because this meant like this is new territory no no reviews and um 
Okay, to be fair, she was an acting professor. <laughs> I took an acting class with her. And man, I feel like if you take any acting class and your teacher's a little avant-garde like mine, yeah, you're gonna do some stupid things. Not stupid sure. things. I don't want to disrespect acting. But you know, like, we had one assignment where we had to embody an animal through our, like, posture, through the noises we made, you know, everything like that. And then, okay, I just remember the first day distinctly, which we walked in class. She was silent. She didn't say anything to us. There was music playing, and it was, like, very, like, like, alternative jazz, I want to say. Like, very, you know, like, I don't know. But she was stretching to it on the floor. And I kid you not, like, all, like, there was probably, like, 12 to 15 of us. We, like, filed in and just sat in the chairs. And she was, like, on the floor. Didn't say a word to us. And then, like, she's like, all right, up. Everybody walk. And we're walking. And we're walking. I don't like this. I'm getting, like, culty vibes. (laughs) Okay. You could go that way. Or you could go, it's art. It's expression. Sure, Um, sure. But yeah, so it was very much like thrown right into it. And I was like, why did I do this? Um, But then like, (laughs) then these like two people like showed up late and they were like, cause like, okay, the the theater like where at my school is like in the basement and it is difficult to find the first time. Right. Definitely. And so like these two people were late and they're like, we couldn't find it. We're so sorry. We were so confused. And she was just like, no excuse. Like, come on, let's go. Walk, walk. Okay, and we're walking faster, faster. And we did a lot of exercises like that. And I got to say, it was it was a good time. It was a good time. You grow really mm. close to the people because you have to do, you know, some really questionable things, you know, with them. You know, like act out animals, for instance. That's... Interest, interesting. I really love the liberal arts. I got to Yeah, I'm, I'm bummed I'm graduating and never got to try something like that out. I think you and I think it would be a good experience class, for me. You in an acting class would be so amazing. Because I feel like I could really see you itch a little bit, you know? <laughs> Why'd you give me that look? What do you, what do you mean you could see me itch? Like, I feel like... Okay, so I feel like you're very, you know, you like, you could like uh, perform for a crowd, you know, like you like to talk. Oh, I have done on numerous occasions. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. But like probably like acting in a way that you have not acted before or like, you know, really getting out of your comfort zone. I feel like that's something I want to see. Do you think you'd be good in an acting class? Probably, yeah. Really? Well, my personality is to overcommit and become competitive at everything. <laughs> um, but like, so yeah, I think I'd, okay. it'd be fun. Okay. That, okay. I mean, I'd be. I would turn into a method actor. I would. I would stay in character for a week at a time. Okay. Okay. It would be I, annoying sure, to everyone around it. me. I believe it. You but were like, talking about what? No, go on. You were talking about coming late to a class and that reminded me last year last spring before covid happened i had this professor and he was like 
he taught finance or finance as they call it finance. and he was exactly how you were probably picturing right now old white golfed on the weekends divorced mm. maybe not divorced but like talks about how his wife and kids spend all his money pretty mm. boilerplate and people like either like or don't like him though his teaching style is that he like repeats things a lot which i found useful because i like didn't really understand but people who understand it like like finance majors were probably like this guy's annoying but he when people would come in late he would not stand for it and it was like he would act in a way that made me uncomfortable and this wasn't a small class there was like probably like 150 of us it's fairly large and the doors unfortunately were at the front of the room like picture a lecture hall but mm -hmm. instead of entering at the top of like all the seats you enter at the bottom so when you come in a couple Oof. minutes late and he starts right yeah. on time you're in front of everyone and rather than what most professors do where they ignore it this guy would like look at you stop what he's teaching and be like what are you doing it's like what do you mean what are they doing they're walking in <laughs> We started like 30 seconds ago, so it's not even that unexpected. And they won't be the only one to do it in the next five minutes. He'll stop and like he doesn't just like embarrass you. He'll like insult all the aspects of your personality. Like he will dig deep. <laughs> yes. He'll be like, he'll be like, we're in a top five business school. You want to be a business professional and you can't even show up to something on time that you're paying God. for. God. And you want to be paid to show up to do something on time. Ridiculous. And I'd be like, dude. <laughs> it was to the point where like if I was if I like ran into something or it was raining and I was going to be late, I just wouldn't go. Like if I was going to be 30 yeah. seconds late, I'd be like, nope, I'll see you Thursday. Literally. And I can't. Yeah. That he would do that awful with all sorts. He was like picture like one of your friends that have like a, a dad you're afraid of. And that's the vibes he gave me. Mm. Where it's like yeah. I'm afraid of I'm afraid and he's not even yelling at me. Like one time he was teaching and like two girls in like the third row. We're talking. I was across the room. I couldn't hear them. I don't even know if anyone could hear them, but he could definitely hear them. And he like stopped. He's explaining like the time value of money. And he just stops mid sentence and he just pauses in silence and looks at them for like 30 seconds. And like obviously they stopped by then because they were like, what's going on? Why did it get quiet? And he just looks at them and then he goes, you should be ashamed. And we're all just like sitting there awkwardly. And he's like, he's like, people are paying good money good money to sit here and learn and you are disrupting them and if you can't sit and learn for an hour not only do i pity you but you need to leave and i was like oh my god and they just sat there like they didn't know what to do they didn't even respond and then he was like so you don't have anything to say and i was like what would they say what would <laughs> you say to that i'd be like Literally. uh yeah i guess i should drop out <laughs> <laughs> Literally. And. I was worrying if anyone, I was wondering if anyone else picked up on this. So I looked at his reviews and like, they don't, all they talked about was like how boring his lectures were. And I was like, maybe this is a, a recent development. I found one review. Mm. This is, they rated him average in the comment. They said, he's nothing but so, 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 so sexy. And <laughs> by the way, he was not sexy, mm. but um, that's nice. Like that wasn't just like one occasion he did that frequently to people coming late talking and they like i don't know i don't like it i don't like it at all i i am not good with authority figures like if they 
I remember one time <laughs> we were in a said English class uh, in high school, you know, junior year. Yeah. And this really respectable teacher really cared, you know, I really cared about like what she thought of me and I wanted to perform well in her class. I think that was like yeah, a pretty Yeah, you did that shared... in every class in high school, Delaney. Oh, okay. Well, that's because you were like, I want to perform well because this is how I value myself and I want to appear to be the best as I can. (laughs) Okay, you didn't have to go Sorry, did I hit a little too close to home? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, kind of rude. Okay, so Um, what were you saying about this class? But anyway, I remember one time she, or I was doing other homework in her class while she was lecturing, or I was doing her homework. Yeah, I was doing I was doing the homework for the class or something. I was writing down stuff while she was lecturing. And she tapped me on the shoulder. Just as to say, like, hey, pay attention. And I almost cried. I was like, what? this is Okay. Okay. I didn't like almost cry. But I was like, it definitely shook me a little bit. Okay, I really feel like I'm exposing myself here. <laughs> no, you definitely almost cried. Okay, maybe. But that's because I'm I'm really not good with any if any authority figure at all, you know, does says anything. Like I remember you remember said math teacher from junior year? Yeah. Yeah, we've talked about him. No, but I yeah, yeah, we've talked about also how I cried in front of him. Um <laughs> Jesus. But he was also my driving instructor. Mm, that's no and good. He, which you said, which brought this memory back up in my head, was, what are you doing? He would say that to me while I was driving. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I have no clue. I have no fucking clue if you can't. And, you know, like, he would just be like, what are you doing? And I'm like, uh, I don't know. And he's like, you're going 60 in a 30 miles per hour zone. And I was like, oh, you're right. What? But, like, what are you supposed to say to that? What are you supposed to I don't know. I don't know. If I, I knew would what say, I was doing, I'm driving. I'd probably correct it. Yep. <laughs> um, hmm. You know, uh, putting my foot on the gas pedal, that's for sure. The gas pedal, and I am steering in the lane. <laughs> that's <laughs> Yes. That's no good, but that reminds me, of high school, I had Spanish class with not only Gary Sweet Cheeks, but also um, Brendan. Mm. You know Brendan. And the two oh, yeah. of us, the two of us were too much for our teacher to handle. Not because we were like a distraction, mm-hmm. but more so that. because we didn't care about Spanish. And as the semester mm-hmm. progressed, she just like stopped caring. Like we made it very apparent that we were there because of like college language requirements and not because we cared about Spanish. In fact, we would do calculus. That's while awful. she was teaching Spanish. And then like as like a as like a fuck you to us, she would like call on us. Like during the discussion, we had obviously not been paying attention. We were doing Good. calculus. Good. And we would just look her in the eyes and be like, Oh I, yo no sé. And she'd be like, Yo no sé, amigos. And we'd be like, No, no sé. And she'd be like, Esta bien. And then she would go on to the next person as if that would embarrass us. We'd be like, No, everyone else definitely knows what we're doing too. <laughs> But then, I feel like, yeah, okay, go on. You can only carry that so far because then when we would have like speaking exams, it was like mm. abundantly obvious that we did not know any Spanish. 
And yeah. I don't know if she like let us pass out of pity because she didn't want to have us again or what. Mm -hmm. But I will be completely honest. I took three years of Spanish in high school and I know absolutely none. None. Mm -hmm. Like if I tried to take yeah. college Spanish, even if they put me in like the the smart version of like kindergarten Spanish, I would have mm -hmm. no I would I would have to drop the class. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was in I was in Spanish for two semesters, um, and the amount of people that took like four years of Spanish and were in elementary one Spanish with me was astounding. Yep. That would be like me. get out, get out, because like some people would know, some people, but it wouldn't it wouldn't be just like like you like saying I'm sure, I'm sure you'd remember some things. Sure. But like these people speak fluently in elementary one and like they really set the standard high but, for like my ta and i was like mm -mm. do you know why that happens though because a lot of them place into elementary two and then they go the first day and they're like the fuck is going on here i know <laughs> that's actually true that's what i've heard but, like, but that's what you feel in elementary one too because they speak yeah. in spanish with you listen like I you're not gonna escape feeling. that feeling I've, um, I've been in Mandarin yeah. class. I get it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was, like, with, like, all, like, either Chinese, like, actual Chinese students mm -hmm. or, like, people who were studying linguistics. And then there was me. And they're yeah. like, why are you here? And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, we Sounded talked cool. about this. But, yeah, I don't I don't care for that. And back, back to the top. I have some more reviews. Okay. This was a law class. And as so, this was a law professor. And he was previously a lawyer mm. and this review says professor x is the worst professor i have ever had in all my years of college which is kind of weird because it can only be like a couple of years of college but <laughs> on a given day one-fourth of the class would show up of the one-fourth that shows up half are asleep and five are paying attention it is absolutely pathetic to be teaching over 100 students and actually only be teaching about five. I could learn this entire course in four hours. This class made me want to kill myself. Wow. Now, looking back, this person is right. Um, it was probably the this guy, his version of teaching was talking. I have the same experience. No, no slide deck. No writing on the yes. board, just yes. talking to the point where it's like, why do we have to like be in this room to do this? Like, oh can't God, you just yes. like send us a voice memo? Um, and it was like, if you're into law, it was interesting because he was talking about like cases that he's argued. But if you're not, man, that's brutal. I'm in a law class this semester and it's the same exact way. I don't know if I've talked about um, my professor's, my law professor's difficulty with uh, Zoom, but... <laughs> have i no i don't think so he is absolutely over 80 years old and mm -hmm. he he definitely has like this defensive you know attitude not defensive but it's like it's not my fault it's like my computer's fault but it's like definitely not his computer's fault because like he one day so like for one week he like couldn't he just didn't have his camera on and he like couldn't figure out how to turn on his camera and he also couldn't f figure out how to permanently unmute. So for the entire time, the entire class period, 
he would use the space bar hmm. to like temporarily unmute. Right. And then I think just like the way it was, or maybe he accidentally like stopped pressing it or like it just stopped registering it um, as like temporarily unmute. So he would mute himself and then someone would have to speak up and just be like, professor, you're <laughs> muted again. And he's like, I don't know why that's not ha- why that's happening. Like I'm pressing the space bar. And so the entire time, camera off, everything. And that is how we were supposed to learn law, was just hearing this voice that would like, and like just having like every five minutes, like an interruption that would take like at least a minute. What kind of law? Environmental law. Oh, no. That's like the fake kind. Hey, what? Say it again. Say it to my face. It's just like, uh. What do you mean? It's not fake. It's real. It's just like, um, doesn't matter because. What are you talking about? Because this, no, this is what happens because everyone is like, oh my gosh, I'm like 20 years old and I care about the environment and I'm going to become, I'm going to fight for the good guys. And then they, uh, work for ExxonMobil and then they always win everything. And that's how it goes. Okay. Okay. So what do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? What do I mean? I need have you to ever clarify. Seen, have you ever seen or read the book? What is it called? Dark Water? Dirty Water? No. It's basically about how um, DuPont. Have you heard of DuPont? No. DuPont is a like chemical production company. You've heard of 3M? 3M makes yeah. command yeah. strips, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. PPE, tons of masks, anything rubber. Mm-hmm. And that DuPont is very similar. Like they create rubber products and like through chemistry create new compounds and cleaning products. Okay. Okay. And DuPont invented Teflon, which is in, on like most pots and pans now. Mm-hmm. And through the invention of Teflon and the stuff that's in Teflon, they basically poisoned the groundwater of like a, a lot of West Virginia, like a lot, a lot. Mm-hmm. Okay. And poor West Virginia. I recommend Virginia the movie. I recommend so this movie because it's like it's pretty like close on to the facts, and it's like an interesting way to watch this legal battle. And it's basically this guy who was a corporate defense attorney for Dupont, and then this like farmer came to him, and he was like, "My cows are dying," and the defense attorney was like, "Yeah, listen, I, I can't help you. I'm like I like defend this company. That's like my job." And then the farmer was like, "No, like all my cows are dying," and. The attorney was like, okay, it's like how many? And the farm was like, hundreds, like hundreds of cows are dying. Like hundreds of thousands of dollars in livestock are just dead from like drinking the groundwater, which is not what you want to hear. And then, yeah, it was uncovered that this compound causes all sorts of cancer. Like the Teflon we use today, it like causes all sorts of cancer. Yeah. Like every human has this in them now because it never breaks down and it's like passed on to your children. Anyway, the point <laughs> is, fun. the point is, all of the good lawyers are paid good money to work for the bad guys, and the only way to combat that, which isn't even a real way, is through like lobbying, which will never happen because they'll just lobby more than you. So, like, you need some okay. good people in government. Rebuttal to your to your movie, the movie Aaron Brockovich, Environmental <laughs> Law. Where the good guys win, and they win a lot. Probably one of the largest like settlements in they, history. They won in this movie too, 
but oh, like he he created a class action and a lot of people this guy has made his entire career about suing dupont he's done it like a thousand times and he'll always win but dupont just settles with them and then they just keep doing it that's the problem but like yeah yeah so like we've talked about this in my class like it's hard to get an injunction which means like you they have to cease doing like it what could they're be doing. like they have to cease pollution. yeah an injunction could be anything it could be to do mm-hmm. something to stop doing something but that's like that's very hard because it's so much easier to just like settle because then you don't have to pay attorneys for years and years to litigate. If you can settle, but like, like 95% of cases are settled before litigation even. What yeah, did you say about I'm injunctions? Sure. I, I was saying that there are injunctions though, like, or that like we've read and studied for class. Like, like none of them have been like, like, is it still the same issue with like Teflon or like, do they just create a new issue? Are you talking about? Does who create a new issue? That lawyer? No, the company. Oh, DuPont? It's Yeah. No, they've they're still getting sued for this issue because basically like anyone who has Teflon and then has also gotten a certain type of cancer can sue them. That's true. Yeah, but um, like there has to be, I don't know. I still feel like there's like things in the court that make sure that like it's actually productive and like also can be tied back to the polluter. Like you have to prove that like it's specifically tied back to the polluter right. in order to have legal standing. The easy thing with with DuPont's case, the reason it was such a slam dunk is like all civil cases, there's like different, I don't know how much you've learned about like tort. There's different levels of negligence that you can prove. So yeah. like, if there's like pure negligence, the burden of proof is the highest. But if you can prove that they were like knowingly negligent, like easy mm-hmm. case. And yeah. that's what they did with DuPont because they found like during the discovery period for the case, they found like internal emails where like scientists yeah. were like, yeah, like this is like literally killing lab rats. And they were like, oh, just like manufacture it anyway. But then mm-hmm. like they compared that to 3M and 3M was like, oh, like DuPont, all their lab rats are dead. And they were like, oh, so let's, let's maybe not make that. Yeah, um, same with Aaron Brockovich, I gotta say. See, but, like, what do you mean... Okay, going back to your original claim, what do you mean environmental <laughs> law isn't real? I mean, because it is so difficult to challenge polluters and so expensive, you have to either not care about financial compensation while you're fighting for years. And the problem is all of the yeah. good litigators already work for the polluters. So you have to be like bona fide passionate, which is like a very small subset of lawyers. Yeah. But Aaron Brockovich. So you're going to become an environmental attorney? Is that what I'm hearing? No, maybe. No. I don't want to go to law school. Why not? (laughs) Anxiety? Just sounds. No, just sounds. Oh, that's why I want to go. (laughs) I love how you're like, anxiety? (laughs) Because that's probably like the most anxiety ridden type of education you could get yeah well it, it, it is a thing like i think you bring up a valid point like there is like either good money but you're also selling out like on your morals like i have a very good mentor professor she i've taken numerous classes with her she worked for the aclu for like 20 yeah. years and 
she basically says like, yeah, like everyone, like I went to law school with had this idea where like, oh, I'm going to like work for the good guys. And then she's like, I am like the only person of my entire law class I know that I actually ended up working for like the ACLU. Cause like you don't yeah. get paid very much. Exactly. Like there are like, like for environmental law, like there's like the Sierra club and like things like that. But like, it's not, it's not gonna like, that's not guaranteed. You're, yeah, you're much more likely to like work for like a large company. I don't want to give you two career paths in one episode, but <laughs> I feel like that is a viable option for you as well. Because because law school is so easy, like it's easy to spend your admission no matter what you majored in undergrad. And like everyone that you apply with, they're all going to be like poli-sci, criminal justice, philosophy. Maybe. And like having a diverse background is like very helpful. It makes you unique. Like if you say like you yeah. you majored in this environmental stuff and that's what you want to do, that makes you a very attractive candidate because they know like you're actually in it for that and not Maybe. just like getting a job. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. I'll take it. I'll write it down on the list. I'll I make thought a, about it. I'll make a slide deck. Is that follow up question? Is saying slide deck does that like ugh, single me out as a business douchebag? Do normal people say PowerPoint? Because I've been say- told that. I don't know what a slide deck is. I, I understand what you're saying. I understand that. But I I have never used the term slide deck. Because like all of my life, and by all of my life, I mean like when you would make PowerPoints. So high school, it was mm-hmm. always like, make a PowerPoint. But as soon as I got to college, it was yeah, like- Yeah, or a presentation. It was like, it was, now it's make a deck. Show me the deck. Make a deck for the client. Mm. It's like, is this like specific like jargon that's not- I think so. That actually sounds more familiar now because like like in the entre like entrepreneurship world, I feel like that's something you do. Hundred percent is. Yeah, make yeah. A, make a deck. Um, that's like the thing when you're pitching. Make a deck. Give me copies of your deck before the meeting. That's like what it's like. <laughs> and it's like I mean, okay, but my deck's just like pictures, like we don't have many words on them, but <laughs> Yeah, okay, that's also a good... This is just a question I have. So now, with presentations or decks, you know, is it better to have... It's better to have less words, right? Um, 100% depends on A, who you're giving the deliverable to, and B, mm-hmm. how you present... Like, what, what, how articulate are you? How comfortable are you speaking? If you're someone like like me or various other people we know that can just like bullshit and come up with things on the spot then you don't want many words on the deck because you want them to be paying attention to you and what you're saying not looking at the deck um but if you're like not comfortable presenting information you're worried you'll forget things that needs to be on the deck and what we were taught to do was fill the deck with subtle cues that would remind us what to say but like didn't directly say what we have to say yeah so no, then yeah, you that makes sense. So then you can have a routine in your head and you can go through it and you can glance at the deck once in a while and be like, oh, yes, I'm supposed to talk about this next. So you don't just yeah, have like moments of silence. Sense. In my class, if we have moments of silence, we'd be toast. So, OK, but also Did like I, I feel like a little bit, but it's fine. Did I cut out? It says my Internet okay. Internet connection is unstable. Are we good? It's just 
it's just delayed. Keep going. I was just saying, you know, like we we had a whole class on how to write an essay, like a college essay, like our first year that we have to take. But like no one taught me how to make a college presentation. And like, I just feel like my, like the, the amount of effort I put in in high school with like importing like a template and like, or like trying to like make it beautiful and like the utmost effort. And now I do literally, I just do blank white slides. Interesting. Yeah, we with do like not. some pictures. Um, our slides, and I feel like I should have had a class that like just taught how to make slides, but our slide decks are expected to be the reminiscent of a professional deliverable, something you would present to a client. And oftentimes we do, like we present to Macy's or we present to Target. And it's like, you were literally presenting to companies. You wear a suit and this is a professional level deliverable. And I'm like, okay, but like people don't nope. know how to make slide decks. Yeah. Like, you're just relying on one person in your group, like knowing how to use Photoshop or something. Or you have to use Photoshop? Why do you what's that one Photoshop? everyone uses now? Canva. Everyone uses Canva to make their slide decks. Oh, yes. Um, I had to use Canva. Because we can't, we're not allowed to use templates. Whatever. These have to be like, you developed it and tailored it just for the client. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's. That's, yeah, that's much know. different. I understand, like, if you're presenting to, like, an outside group, you need to make it, like, beautiful. But I think, like, the only we've literally only done like presenting scientific papers so <laughs> i think it's like more like just get to the point mm -hmm. yeah no we were taught to put cues on slides um cues, cues what does that mean like, like what i was talking about like okay when okay. you put like bullets like but yeah. like you don't actually say what the bullets are that's yeah that's really just to when you make a framework for, we're taught to make a framework for a presentation. God. No, this is true. If we did not have a concise and consistent framework, did I cut out or am I good? No, you're good. <laughs> we were like a consistent framework or like a metaphor. Like the whole presentation should have a metaphor and that it ties mm -hmm. it up. Like you say something in the beginning, you check in on that framework in the middle several times, and then at the end, you tie it all together and reference what you said in the beginning, and that makes them remember what the framework is. And then we would have cues on the slides that as you're working through the framework, you remember what you're supposed to say in what order, because if you talk about this thing before this thing, it doesn't flow through the framework. So like, and trackers, we would have trackers on the deck. So like people, when they're listening to what you're saying, so think like, a table of contents right mm -hmm. so like your table of contents would be like first we're going to talk about um context of your company then we're going to talk about the issue at hands then we're going to talk about threats then we're going to talk about opportunities then we're going to talk about our recommendation and wrap up and so at the bottom we would have a tracker that would say like right now we are talking about the recommendation or right now we are talking about the threats interesting i mean this is like a whole we took a whole class on on this and you're not allowed to have notes to look at this is all in memory i've done 30 minute presentations no notes so that's when cues become incredibly important so when you're presenting and you see the cue you're like oh that like third time we went through this last night that's this is when i say this or this is when mm -hmm. i pass it off to this person and that's like crazy. when i talk to like 
my parents and friends about this. They're like, that's insane. Cause it's like, yeah. And you're expected to be like, and next Ashley's going to talk about this or this. And this is going to talk about this. And then one person has the clicker and they know when to click. (laughs) And it's like, I'll probably never use that. But that was like an entire, like four months of my adult life was devoted to like mastering pitches that I'll never do. Yeah. I do think that's, yeah, that's definitely valuable. Like just for public speaking and like making sure you give like, just like communicate effectively. But like just the comparison of literally last week, like we did a presentation on a scientific paper and my group didn't meet once to practice it. (laughs) We just went, we went with it. I got a hundred percent. (laughs) So I have found that as I've gotten out of like just the business classes and more specific into Mm -hmm. like technology and analytics, we do pretty much the same thing because at this point we're like, pretty good at just like thinking on the spot um and a lot of people don't like that like a lot of people aren't comfortable with like uncertainty and all my presentations always have like a five minute q a at the end and there's inevitably like Mm. half of the questions that you don't have answers prepared for like we're supposed to have appendices slides where like if a question is asked about x or y like we can switch to this graph and help us help inform our answer Mm -hmm. but like inevitably you're not going to have appendices slides for a lot of the questions and you have to be able to just like come up with something um so that's where like the skill comes in in... yeah for sure it reminds me of um spanish again just because like i would write full scripts from like my presentations in spanish Mm. so i could be completely compared like prepared and then um but then there was always a q a section at the end and it was my worst fear um but it, it went fine. But still, I, I just remember the uncertainty it's, was It's definitely awful. a skill that you build. And I'm glad we had that class because it certainly is. And it was like very rigorously graded. If you shifted your weight while talking, points off. If you were fidgeting your fingers while talking. What does that mean? Points off. And Oh, like shifted was, to like one it foot trained you to the to other? Be very mindful of what you're doing. That's crazy. That makes sense, though. That I see. I feel that's that's intense, but it's valuable. Trey's Trey's completely frozen on my end, so I'm just gonna keep talking. See, that's what I feel like creates. So I call them bots, but it's like you know, like you can loosely group just people who do not. Granted, they're still human beings and they still feel feelings, but like, just people. Um, who, you know, speak very well, but, like, they're not super great at, like, relating or, like, having empathy for others. See, that's what I feel like these classes kind of make you. Because you're, like, you you have to be good at eye contact. You have to, like, smile. Um, yeah, Trey completely (laughs) just left. Maybe he'll come back. But it's my show now. So this is what I've been waiting for. I've been plotting. I want it to be just me, okay? I'm tired of Trey. I'm tired of all the things he says. You know, obviously, like, as you can tell, I'm very literate, and I should have my own show. Um, I actually just got an email, um, and Trey just messaged me. <laughs> I'm just going to go through my notifications. <laughs> going to have to edit this bad boy, is what he said. Um, I'm going to have to agree with that. I hope he edits it. Were you just but, talking uh, to yourself? Yep. 
<laughs> I was talking about how I was plotting to get you off the show, and it's a it's a one woman woman show now. Mm. I think I would if if I had a present if I had a podcast on my own, I don't think anything would be easy to listen to because I would really hop from one thing to the other. Yeah, that's really why you need two people or more. I don't know what you heard. Basically, I was saying it trained you to be like very good at presenting. You couldn't shift your weight. You'd get grades off. Um, it couldn't sound scripted. If it sounds scripted, points off. If it sounds like you didn't rehearse it at all, points off. Um, and it was like, you, you. it basically had to be perfect or you would not get do an you A get, in class. Do you get brownie points for saying a joke or two? Um, or was that looked down upon? Not specifically a joke, but if you appear like relatable to and the client... Yeah, if if you appear like you're charismatic and you can you can joke without offending anyone, then yeah, that would okay. benefit you. I've I've heard that it's like it's it's beneficial to appear like yes, comfortable, but like it's also okay if you like mess up or you know have a technical difficulty or two because it makes you more relatable. Interesting, right? Maybe not in the business world. Yeah, probably not really. Um, you inevitably do though, and like yeah. clients will like interrupt your presentation, and like that can't throw you off. Like they can interrupt you to ask a question. You have to be able to like respond to their question and then like segue that back into what you were talking about. Okay, um, that makes sense. And like yeah, the the framework is always incredibly important. Mm-hmm. Um, the framework. I know because I never even that knew. Sounds- like I was like, what are you talking about? But yeah, it's like mm-hmm. it sounds cheesy. And it is cheesy if you don't do it well, but if you yeah. can incorporate like a metaphor into your presentation and like really tie it in, it works Ooh. incredibly well. Wow. I bet. Like, like my, I gave a presentation on target and like I used like the bullseye metaphor and how like they can hit their mark. Um, Ooh. Yeah. And that like really worked out Break because that was like logo. right on brand. <laughs> um, but Yeah. I don't know. No need to talk about that anymore. I just, I, it's an interesting thing to talk about because people are normally like, I can't believe that much went into it. Yeah, that but, sounds, yeah, it's, it's crazy that life. like that on top of like how much you practice for like higher view. Yeah. Wow. I mean, like granted, like those are all great things, but we have never, we, never focused on that. Where I go to school, this business school, we have a program called Compass like a lot of my other friends other business schools are like i wish we had that what's compass compass one you practice um like making a linkedin and resume and you're graded on how good the linkedin and resume are compass two you practice um like your personal brand pitch and what you say like you're tell me about yourself you practice that pitch you do mock interviews with career staff mm-hmm. um you practice higher view and then compass three is like you practice working in like team environments and interviewing in in groups because that happens a lot too which I think is like super valuable. I think every school should do that. But so yeah, yeah super blessed sure. to have gotten that. <laughs> yeah. But that wouldn't be necessary in like other career clusters. Maybe it should be. I don't know. Yeah. Did I show you Andrew messaged me? He added me on LinkedIn. Yeah. And I saw his 11 connections and I was like, that's kind of rude. <laughs> this kid wants to mooch off my like 600 what does that even mean? That's how big his network is, 11. No, I know. But, like, how do you mooch off someone else's network? See, Trey, so Trey messaged me, and he's like, 
Oh, <laughs> like so he's gonna gain access to my my, you know, five hundred. Uh, I think I called it my vast business. network of business professionals. You did, you did, and I was like, Trey, that's the worst thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> you can mooch off of it because then you once you connect with someone, you can see all of their connections. So he can see all of my connections. And then if he wanted to connect with someone, they'd be like, oh, like Trey knows them. And then he could connect with I them. I don't think Andrew would want to connect. No, I was totally joking. I know. I, I know. found it was funny <laughs> that he made a LinkedIn for his experience of like, uh, it was like athletic staff at Eastern Illinois. But he, Doesn't he want to be a but, social worker? No, I don't. I don't know what specific or a speech job. Th- pathologist, something like that. Yeah, speech pathologist. But like everyone makes a LinkedIn. But like Do you, you should put one? every every experience. Yeah, I have. Are we connected? LinkedIn. Yeah. You're mooching off my network. I'm. Yeah, I actually go through them every day <laughs> and message a new one, try to make a new connection. But Andrew, I connected with him finally, and I messaged him and I said, "Welcome to the Thunderdome," and he responded and he said. <laughs> Looking at your profile made me realize I have legitimately no job experience whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was funny. I didn't respond, but that is funny. I was yeah. Like, That's so stay tuned for next week when we have Andrew on the podcast. We're gonna have some hopefully good conversation. Um, God, I hope he doesn't flake. I know <laughs> he won't. Probably, maybe. But Who knows? Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I think it'll be entertaining. I'll try not it to will. be mean. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to try real hard. Um, I'll probably yeah. be the mediator. Anyway, have a great week. You know, Trey, you, you know, want to say something? God, just, you were supposed to. Just follow. dudes. We did not practice this presentation. Just gingers being gingers. We yeah, didn't talk about Patty's. being a ginger. We'll have to do that. Yeah, we have to do that at some point. All right. Bye-bye.